Welcome to the next episode of Putting the Pieces Together with Jigsaw Learning. Our guest this week is Arlene Littlemore, a colleague of mine with Jigsaw Learning as a learning associate. But Arlene has been involved with the Collaborative Response Model since 2013 as an administrator in the K-9 realm, K-4 realm, as well as the grade 5 to 8 school structure. Her comment is that she has found the Collaborative Response Model bringing focus and centering school meetings around students and leading to the growth of staff and their efficacy. I'm going to ask Arlene the questions now. Hi, everyone. Share with us a little around your experience in bringing the collaborative response model to fruition as a school principal. I believe that that began at the end of AC5. All of our schools and divisions that I think across the province, everyone was struggling with how are we going to continue to bring effective PD into our schools and ensure that students receive the supports that they needed. So our division brought in Curtis and Lorna uh, to talk a little bit about collaborative response and its infancy stages and help us in our schools uh, to address the needs of literacy, numeracy, wellness, uh, ELL uh, learners, uh, engagement, as well as Catholic culture. So we were looking at how our leadership teams throughout the division could support each other uh, in a way that we could meet the needs of all students. And the beginning was very, very exciting. We all could see the potential. We were all a little bit uh, shell-shocked too because we thought this was going to be a messy process because it did look, as we said at our last conference, simplexic. So what inspired you to implement the collaborative response model in your schools? I think the inspiration began right with Curtis and Lorna because they had worked with the model for so many years and had practiced it in their schools and had seen great results. I think when you can say that the research is backed up with some actual uh, in-time practice or with some action research, there's always a little bit more buy-in for staff. So that whole idea that there was a proven model that could bring everything together uh, for our students and then also uh, to bring our teachers together uh, was very, very exciting. We did see to the potential of the collaborative response team meeting as a way to build that staff culture, a way that we could celebrate all the wonderful things and best practices that teachers were already doing in their classrooms and then find a way to share these and support others with uh, successful practice. As you shared your vision of the collaborative response model with your staff, what was their response to that common vision you were hoping for? Well, honestly, there definitely was resistance. And I think that was because in the past, teachers, uh, staff, everyone feels that there seems to be the fad of the moment and that maybe this would be just one more thing that was going to add to their load. Really, as a board directive, they felt it might be something that would take them from curriculum in their classrooms. And this was a time when uh, teachers, especially my junior high teachers, were thinking about the amount of curriculum that they had to go through. There were PAT exams. There were so many other uh, constraints that were guiding what they were teaching that this could really interfere with what they were trying to do. And they were doing great things in the classroom. I think that stemmed a little bit from fear. Uh, the idea that 
teachers coming together and having to share what they knew or perhaps admit what they didn't know made them a little bit vulnerable and perhaps a little bit of a feeling that they might be uh, being judged by their, their colleagues. We had master teachers, but everyone has gaps in their learning. So I think having a fear, um, a fear around technology, a fear around what they knew and what they didn't know, that was just really a big one that it was a big hurdle that we had to, uh, to, to work through. And I, I think it's really important to know that as I moved through uh, different school settings, I was able to pull pieces of the data from the collaborative response model in the different schools and use it to use it to excite my school team. So not only were they thinking about this being a big project they had to endure, but there were little pieces that they were really excited about. For example, being able to work together, uh, to have embedded time during the school day where they didn't have to worry about their students or they didn't have to create sub plans that their students at that time would be getting some great instruction as well as instructional minutes were being addressed. It was just a way to show that CRM was not only work, but it was also very beneficial to what they would be, they would be doing. So would you say that the stories from one school as you move to the next and then move to the next again, enhance the process? Absolutely. And as well, we have a smaller district. So in that district, people started to hear from their colleagues about what was happening. And they were excited to hear that teachers were able to work together uh, to talk about students, to talk about what some supports could be in their classrooms. They also began to get quite curious about how the model was being expanded uh, in the school and in some of the schools that other principals were using. It was very, very exciting. And so what would you say were some of the greatest challenges in implementing the collaborative response model? Absolutely, it would have to be scheduling. So at a time when we didn't have assignable time, there was a way we had to find a way, excuse me, to be able to have teachers meet together uh, and in groups where they were all affecting a certain group of students. They had to find a way to uh, work together, but we had to find a way to be able to get them together and put the right people, as you would say, on the right bus, in the right seats, going in the right direction in order to move the process. Uh, one of the schools I went into, the schedule had already been established. So trying uh, to find a way to embed CRM time on top of that became very difficult as well. It was done, but it took probably my assistant principal and my counselor facilitator as well as myself a whole month to try and figure out how we could do this. We all believed in the process. It was just a matter of making sure that teachers, once they got together, would be able to work effectively. How did you manage in those situations to bring an entire staff together? You speak a lot about the teachers, but I know that in your experience, you brought EAs into the role as well. Absolutely. And that is always a challenge. Sometimes uh, there were opportunities when an EA's uh, student they were working with was able to be in those conversations. Of course, it depends on the needs of the student. We also, though, had a common assembly every week where teachers would stay with the students and then EAs would all work together with one of the lead team uh, members from Collaborative Response. So they were hearing some of the same messages. They were working on supports for students. They also had some collective efficacy together because they knew every Monday morning for 40 minutes, they would be able to talk about the challenges 
they were having, we could address them in our meetings and come to some common ground. We also worked together in our staff meetings. Staff meetings and PD days were the other big pieces we needed to work together on, creating our norms, talking about what was essential to happen, uh, building a pyramid of supports, uh, what the agendas would look like. We used a Google Calendar so teachers knew from week to week basically what the talks were going to be, what we were working on, work on software. So the admin team, uh, which included again our counselor facilitator, really tried to anticipate what might be coming up and how could we make it a little bit easier for our teachers to just be able to show up and be guided through the process. They didn't have to worry about all of the other managerialism or managerial issues that, that we were dealing with. So as an admin team and a leadership group, you were putting in a number of structures for your staff so that they could focus on the conversations at hand. Right. And I think that's really good as an instructional leader. We want to be able to lead our staff to uh, common language, deeper understanding, but without that structure in place, really you're not going anywhere. So being a manager as well as an educational leader uh, is, is crucial, crucial to this role. And so overcoming the challenges, what would you say were some of the greatest successes in implementing the collaborative response model? Now that changed over the years. So when I first began the collaborative response in uh, the one school, we had just transitioned from a K to nine to a K to four school. And we had structures where there was staff from a seasoned um, community school working in with ours and teachers had to learn to first understand that there were traditions that were going to be changed. Uh, things were going to be uh, improved or not used. So at the beginning when we did our accountability pillar, uh, the Gallup engagement poll said that our staff was only sitting at engagement of 26%. So even the data was telling us that we had work to do. But by January of the following year, and using the collaborative response uh, meetings and embedded time, that had jumped to 86%. So really, you, you hear your teachers are starting to talk the same language, you see that it's happening, but to have that data come forward was really, really empowering. When I went to the last school, which was a five to eight school, that was the first time I had been with that staff. So September, the accountability pillar was done in January. And on that Gallup um, survey of engagement and professional development and support, the staff rated the school at 100%. So it was absolutely incredible, the short term uh, in which we could see changes happening. And some of the quotes that I received from my staff. I'd like to read you one from a grade uh, seven and eight teacher. I had asked the staff about how they felt about collaborative response. And it was important to me to know this because we were putting money into the process. We were putting money into new resources. We were bringing in some of our consultants. We had to utilize some subs to make sure that uh, our teachers could work in embedded time. But this is what Steven said. For the first time in my professional career, I have weekly embedded time to collaborate with colleagues on students who need support. The ongoing dialogue has allowed for deep discussions about our students and the practices we use to deal with their challenges. In previous years, it was easy to feel alone when dealing with struggling students. It is enlightening to know that my colleagues are experiencing the same struggles and are willing to share their struggles and stories. Through these discussions, a culture of compassion has developed. We understand our students better. 
we understand our colleagues better, we understand our own teaching better. The trust required for this dialogue did take time to develop. It's easy to build a wall around our teaching egos and not admit when we don't have the answers for all our students. Being vulnerable and open during our meetings can only be reached if it is the norm for the process. Once sharing happens and students are discussed openly, the walls naturally start to crumble, allowing for real talk about students. It is in these moments that we can develop real change to our practice to help our students. Having outside consultants has enriched the meetings, especially when they join discussions about students. Sometimes just knowing that we have these two blocks together feels like a reward for making it through the first days of the week. Time to breathe within the work week. Stephen, grade seven and eight. I would get lots of little glimmers of hope between staff. I heard as well that staff, uh, when I left uh, one, of, one of my schools, the staff all came to the new principal and said, you know what, you can come in and change anything you want, but please do not take our CRM time away. And even if there wasn't money in the budget, and there was either a choice between having an additional EA or to have the CRM time, the staff voted hands down they wanted the CRM time. So there's so many other little nuggets of how this process works and just moves beyond just the pyramid of supports um, and supporting uh, students. So it's, it's fascinating work. What rich statements about shifting culture from working in our classroom to working in our school as a group of people. One of the most exciting things about the process is knowing that when you go into a new school, you cannot take the whole structure and just expect a school to just begin with all three parts of the of the CRM model. So really that uh, building that culture and supporting your staff and knowing that as a leader, you have to be uh, guiding and supporting and massaging and using all your research about social and professional capital to make sure that that structure and that foundation is in place before trying to look at, all right, now let's talk about what our norms need to be. There are, th the process needs to be developed uh, in, in a very, not a slow matter, but in a very consistent matter, in a very conscientious way, so that you're not bogged down by your staff getting overwhelmed. And as a leader, I was easily overwhelmed. I thought at many times it would be just easier to stop the process. But understanding that that implementation and those implementation dips are going to happen was crucial for me to know so that when I saw them coming, I could work with my lead CRM team and we could talk that through. So when the three of us went into meetings or were meeting with staff one on one, we all had the same common language. We understood where we were all going and it brought everybody together. It helped lead us into our three-year uh, ed plan. Uh, we talked about what resources we would need. It helped me in my walkthroughs. It helped me with my conversations uh, with my teachers in their classrooms and one-on-one. -on -one. was really uh, uh, an amazing, amazing process. When I hear you reflect on it like this, I, I hear the simplexity of it. <laughs> and, and I hear the understanding that Curtis and Lorna have tried to put out around the fact that it really is a model that has particular structures and particular processes, but it's not a one-size-fits-all framework that everybody has to follow in a particular way. Right. I, John Hattie says very openly that 
collective efficacy doesn't just develop. It isn't about the raw, raw, raw. We can all do this together. We are the ones who affect learning. We are, but we still have to have that bottom hand, that structure for us to follow. We have to have well um, articulated agendas. We have to have a process to follow. We have to know that the data that we're looking at uh, is going to affect students and what we do about that data uh, is important. So it needs to follow a function and a structure, but it can be massaged through the culture that you're working. Your staff might be right at the very beginnings of trying to work together. They may have already done PLCs and are working together well, and this might be a way of putting a tweak on a certain area, literacy or numeracy, and using some sort of data to guide it forward. So as you see the model continuing to grow, what do you envision are the greatest opportunities for impacting school culture through the collaborative response model? I think the biggest impact we're going to have is that our teachers are going to start to support each other in a way that doesn't become competitive or where the doors are closed. It also means that we're going to be getting uh, to get non-negotiables in our classrooms. So it isn't just about having guided reading our, in our classrooms in perhaps grade one to three. It's about what does that actually look like and how are you actually supporting all the students in your classroom through a process that you're doing. It isn't about the resources that are helping students learn. It's about the teacher and knowing how she will impact that learning, what she is doing, what she is doing to support her EA, what she is asking for, for her, from her colleagues to uh, increase that learning. I think it's very, very exciting for students, very, very exciting for schools. Also very exciting for staff. When we know that we're going to support each other, that burnout isn't there we know that we're all going to get into our own implementation dips. And I think as school leaders, how exciting when you have your whole team working to support you rather than you against them, uh, that you are that team. Maybe that will lead to a little bit more sustainability uh, within our leadership groups. Hard to say. Remains to be seen, but I'm excited to be on the journey with you. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I thank you for your time today, Arlene, and I look forward to hearing more. Well, thank you so much, Jen.